This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And at a time when people are living longer, most of us want to lead healthier lives as well. Now, part of that means making physical activity part and parcel of our daily lives. But what kinds of activity are we talking about and what goals should we set to improve and maintain our musculoskeletal health? Joining me on this month's episode of Healthy Aging um, to discuss how physical activity is a key aspect of active aging is sports and muscle musculoskeletal physiotherapist, as well as health coach, Justin Wee. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Justin. Hi, Suen. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on. Um, now, you're joining us all the way from um, Singapore, hence with why we're doing this over Zoom. Now, I'm definitely keen to ask you a bit more about what you observe in terms of um, Singaporeans' behaviour when it comes to physical activity and things like that. Um, but I guess I want to start first by looking at this more broadly, right? Because mm-hmm. I guess generally we think, we, we hear people talking a lot about healthy ageing, but uh, I've I've also come across this term active aging. What what does that mean to you? And in, in an ideal scenario, what does active aging look like? You know, from when you reach adulthood all the way into your older age. Yep. So I think active aging is is that process of optimizing health to improve the quality of health, and this would include um, the physical, the mental, the social, emotional aspect. You know, so so as we get older, you know, ideally. We still want to be doing the things that we want to do, you know, still fulfilling the, the dreams we want to fulfill, um, you know, all the way into old age, right? Mm. So I, I know there's this um, saying that goes, you know, the Chinese saying that goes, Sen lao bing si, right? which means, you know, you grow up, you know, you get older, uh, you get sick and then you die, right? But it doesn't have to be that way, right? Active aging can just, you know, be you, you grow up, you get old, and then you die, you know, without that part of illness, you mm-hmm. know. So I think, you know, being active, being healthy, you know, that would be that that big broad, you know, goal that that we would have in terms of active aging. Mm. It's I guess illness is not inevitable, right? You don't have to necessarily fall ill um, to to go into ill health as you age. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. Because I mean, there are some illness that cannot be prevented, mm-hmm. you know. But for the the, the large majority of modifiable lifestyle diseases Mm -hmm. that can be easily prevented, you know, if we just do the right things, you know, and the right things include things that the body supposed to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And and if we just do that, life would be much better. Mm. And on the flip side, what would you say passive aging looks like then? So passive aging probably results from, you know, like an unintentional way of living, you Mm -hmm. know, letting circumstances and life challenges get to you. Um, you know, you might do what everybody else is doing. You know, in Singapore right now, there's this huge craze of uh, donuts, you know, the special <laughs> Mr. Donut that's going on and, you know, everybody's queuing up for it, you know. So, I mean, just doing what society moves you to do is it's just going to be very passive, mm. right? And then the, in, in that case, you're going to get, you know, the similar... You know, sheng lao bing si as a as a natural progression. You know, we yeah. So so that's more more not more passive. You're not making changes. You're not overcoming modifiable factors. You know that that we 
we can we can reduce as we age. Mm. You, you yeah. know, you, you're trained as a physiotherapist. How do you see someone's body, someone's musculoskeletal system change as they age? Um, you know, because something sometimes we think is inevitable, but from your perspective, what is natural and what is inevitable? So, so what is natural is like with, with research, we know that definitely there's going to be some bone loss. There's mm-hmm. going to be some muscle loss, you know, called the sarcopenia, right? Um, and that can begin as early as, as 30 years old, right? The reduction in, in muscular strength can be about 1% to 2% per year, right? However, these research are, are based on individuals that, you know, probably it's, it's the general population, mm-hmm. right? We can reverse that. We know that strength gains can happen at any age, you know, and and the, the latest signs show that, you know, at any age, you start training strength, strength is going to improve, you know. So so this, this concept of aging could be, you know, accelerated because we are not just just doing sufficient sufficient training, mm. you know, to, 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 to reduce... Uh, you know, bone and muscle loss. Yeah, so there there will be some loss, you know, but there can also be gains, you know, as we age. Yeah, because there are people who start, you know, strength training much later in their years, mm-hmm. you know, so you can, I have patients who's, who come, you know, start training at, you know, at 50, you know, and, and they can be even be even fitter and stronger, you know, compared to when they're in their 20s. <laughs> so that all these cases are, are quite common. So, you know, we are still in control of, of what you know, what we want to do with our lives. Hmm. It's what you, I guess. What you're illustrating to me is that you know, for example, maintaining your musculoskeletal health. Um, your musculoskeletal health isn't sort of on a decline as you age. It can sort of improve. Um, it's it's not inevitable that you know every you will lose everything. Yes, and and the other thing that is you know what is not natural about mm-hmm. about aging is you know pain does not have to be. Uh, a natural process you know mm. as we age we know there's there's going to be some degenerative changes in joints you know if you do an you do an x-ray or mri you're going to see um degenerative changes you know but not everybody with degenerative changes will get pain so aging itself does not cause pain you know and because pain is more multifactorial you know if we can address the issues that that cause pain sometimes it's due to tightness of the muscles sometimes it's the joint flexibility you know sometimes it's strength if you know so these are still modifiable so so th- that can still be you know reduced so we don't have to be aging and and live in pain yeah so th- that doesn't have to be part of normal aging mm. what kind of pain would you usually see um in your clinic because we are, we deal with mostly musculoskeletal, mm-hmm. so we we see joint pain, you know, mostly joint degeneration, uh, joint pain. Um, we we see cases where, uh, like after a fall, you know, because you know, you lost stability and and you fell and you get a fracture, right? We we see some cases like that, yeah. And we also see like in a younger population, especially mm-hmm. in the sedentary population right now, mm-hmm. we see lots of aches and pains due to um, inactivity, you know, mm. so the, the typical office worker, the desk-bound worker, right, you spend hours uh, sitting in front of a computer, you know, and then, you know, of course, you're going to get aches and pains, you know, because that's not what the, the body's designed to do. Mm-hmm. So these are all some of the common injuries. As a sports physio, I also see the other spectrum, mm-hmm. right, where, where people get injured <clears throat> during the process of sport, 
you know, but for those injuries, you know, if you're already, you know, an athletic population, you are, you know, exercising well, what I, I see is that population recover much faster. Mm-hmm. You know, there is less, uh, less strength loss, you know, whenever su- such injuries happen. So even when, if things go wrong and injuries happen, you know, if you are active, uh, your recovery will be much faster. Mm. Um, on that note of pain among the more sedentary population, do you see a trend in terms of, I guess, younger and younger people having these aches and pains as, you know, as it seems like more and more people are sort of leading sedentary lifestyles from a younger age? Yes, definitely. And and I think we can partly blame technology for that. You know, the, the use of technology has been embedded in our life even from mm-hmm. a young age. You know, you can see you know, even toddlers using iPads and, and phones, yep. you know. And if you look at the posture when they do it and when, when they get engrossed in a, in a cartoon or a game, you know, they're just going to be fixated in that posture for hours. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely start to see, you know, <clears throat> the younger population even having these kind of um, aches and pains that usually the, the older population would have. Yeah, so that's quite, that's quite common. Mm. All right, we do have to go for a quick break now. On the show with me today is health coach and sports and musculoskeletal physiotherapist Justin Wee joining me for this month's episode of Healthy Aging to talk about active aging. We'll be right back, so keep it here on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su, and you're tuned into an episode of Healthy Aging where we are discussing the importance of active aging and how physical activity is part and parcel of this journey that we should be taking, you know, from um, young adulthood all the way into our older age. Now, joining me to discuss today's topic is Justin Wee, sports and musculoskeletal physiotherapist, as well as health coach. Now, Justin, moving on to the physical activity aspect, right? Um, Now, when whenever someone mentions physical activity, when I hear it automatically, you know, I think about exercise. But is that too narrow a perspective, do you think? What falls under physical activity? So physical activity includes anything that is physical, you know, throughout the day, right? So like for kids, you, you can't force them to do exercise, <laughs> right? So if for them, physical activity can just be play, you know, just bring them to the playground, you know, let them play around, um, you know, anything that's physical. If, if your job requires more laborious work, mm-hmm. It is also, you know, considered physical, right? And and you tend to have less of the sedentary kind of uh, issues with with uh, occupations that uh, that are more physical, you know. So just being just mo- being more active throughout the day would would make a difference. Yeah. So even housework, you know, heavy stuff um, that would include you know, in, in some form of physical activity. Mm. So then I guess for um, the average office worker, right, leading a fairly mm. sedentary lifestyle, you spend most of your day sitting around in front of a desktop, for example. Yep. What would increasing physical activity look like? How could they incorporate that? Is it a matter of setting aside a specific time to go to the gym or do you know, participate in sports, for example? Or is there a way to sort of make it a bit more part and parcel of everything? Mm, so, so if if lifestyle is is very busy, you know, we tend to try to encourage people to embed, you know, physical activity as part of you know their life. So, you know, like the commute, you know, 
commuting to work, you know, we can choose to to drive or take public transport, you know, and if we take public transport, we are forced to, you know, move a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. climb the stairs, walk a little bit more, you know, that all adds up, you know, to, to part of physical activity. Um, you know, taking the stairs to the building, you know, small bits and pieces, walking out for lunch instead of ordering in, you know, so, so these are small little tips that, that can just add little bits of, um, of movement in life. Um, especially for office workers, mm-hmm. if you're going to be sitting behind a desk, you know, for hours, and, and our bodies were not designed to do that, right? Our bodies were designed to move, run, jump, crawl, you know, traverse across things. Yeah. Um, so what we can do is just, you know, have small little, what I call like micro breaks, mm-hmm. where you just get up from the desk and start moving, you know, so you can just be standing up, you know, uh, doing some rotations, doing some stretches on the spot. Try to break off that um, static, prolonged static position. Mm. You know, that's that's going to help in terms of movement. You know, but in terms of physical activity, you know, you can just do it like before and after work. But it may not be sufficient even, right? So, mm. so that's where exercise comes in. So exercise is actually, you know, an additional thing to supplement um the 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 physical demand needs of the body you know mm. and and that's where it, you know it comes in if if we live in a rural place and, and doing you know like farm work all day we may not we do, don't need to exercise you know because the lifestyle is already you know sufficient yeah mm. so so yeah so exercise will actually be like a supplementary to the demands that we we don't get sufficiently mm. in, in our daily life how can someone monitor the amount of physical activity that they do? I mean, nowadays, for example, people have smartwatches, Fitbits, um, things like that. Are those good um, tools that we can use to sort of keep track of how much we do in a day? Yeah, so I think I think technology has you know has uh, has has made us more sedentary, but it has also you know helped to to make monitoring much easier, mm-hmm. right? With smartwatches, you can easily keep track of your your steps you know your calorie burn your active hours and duration you know so so we can use that to to monitor um you know but but saying that most people who are very sedentary you don't want to set a huge target initially right mm. you, you know so you just want to ease yourself into it you know start start by just maybe monitoring what's your baseline you know, and then from there you can slowly, uh, you know, increase that that goal, increase the the amount that you want to try to achieve. So so that's going to be very useful. You can you can measure heart rate. You know, you can measure, you know, use that to to measure steps. Yeah. So mm. definitely, smartwatches would be quite useful. Mm. Um. You know, you're based in Singapore, Justin. What have you observed among the adult population there? You know, are are, are people sort of increasingly incorporating physical activity into their lives? Do they practice um, active or passive aging? So I think the the large majority of Singaporeans are still fairly sedentary, I would say. You mm-hmm. know, but what is encouraging is that, you know, I can start to observe uh, more people getting out, you know, um, going to the parks, you know, because mm. we have nice park connectors around, you know, uh, people are running more regularly, you know, the gyms are getting a little bit more 
more crowded as well. <laughs> you know, so that that's quite encouraging. And and what's encouraging is not only the young people are doing it, mm. the older population are, are also doing it. You know, there are people in their their sixties and seventies in, in my gym still working out. You know, so you know that that's very encouraging. What do you hear from patients um, in in terms of where they struggle with when it comes to incorporating more physical activity in their lives? Whether it's this micro breaks or or, or exercise, right? What what um, do they find most difficult? In in Singapore, most of the time, you know, the the biggest excuse would be, "Oh, I have no time," <laughs> you know. But then, you know, if you look at it, you have time to queue up, you know, hours to buy donuts. You have time to queue up, you know, to buy, to buy bubble tea, right? So you know that, that I see that more like an like an excuse, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not so much of the lack of knowledge. Everybody knows you need to to get up and move. You know, everybody mm-hmm. knows you need to do some strengthening and stuff like that. The the health promotion board has been pushing for you know advertisements. So from the education front, I think it's it's you know, there's sufficient information out there, mm-hmm. right? With the, the age of internet, you know, anybody that wants to learn any exercise, in fact, you can just YouTube, the, you know, the exercise and there's going to be good instructions out there as well. So it's not so much of, you know, lack of knowledge. The the motivation, I would say, would be that, that biggest piece because those people that don't exercise, they don't see it as a priority. Mm. You know, they see... They see maybe, um, you know, the pleasures of life, you know, the enjoyment of life as a priority. They see uh, striving to provide for the family, you know, to work to work harder, so you, know, so you can get your, that promotion. You work harder so you can, you can get more, get more hours, you know. So I, th- I think in terms of priority, you know, that might be the thing that is actually limiting people. They, you know, they don't see that importance. Of um of physical activity and how they can incorporate it to to prevent illnesses. Mm. Yeah. Um, I also want to touch a bit on, I guess, the impact of the built environment. Now, I'm I'm coming from a, a quite a different um place because here in KL, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our spaces aren't very walkable. They aren't very accessible. Um, it's not easy for people to sort of move around. There's there's all these sorts of um technological advances, mm. um, lifts, escalators that that make it so much more convenient for us to not move. Um, mm. for you, how much do you see that impacting? people's um, ability or even motivation to sort of incorporate physical activity? Mm, I think, yeah, some, sometimes, because Singapore is quite advanced in, in terms of convenience, mm. you know, uh, like our our train system, there's gonna, there was a time when there, there weren't lifts and now they have lifts in every station, you know, so it makes, makes things more easy. Um, you know, but in in Singapore, I think it's still fairly easy to be to be active if you choose to do so. Mm. You know, there's still stairs. Um, our environment is quite safe. You can still exercise anytime, even at night. You know, and you can still feel safe about it. Mm. Um, I, I guess that that shows how important it is, right, to have an environment that is conducive towards people. Um, moving more because if you have an environment that is unsafe that is very hostile towards yes. um, your ability to move then you're already that's one barrier in your in your journey yes and and if, even if let's say you want to you want to run at night right mm. and, and your neighborhood's not safe 
you know, you're going to be stressed all the time, you know, just trying to think about, oh, is, is, is there going to be a, a robber that's going to jump out from the bushes, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, and, and then that's going to affect, you know, the, the like, one thing to, to do that, that exercise. Yeah, in Singapore, we also have a lot of fitness corners around in mm-hmm. the neighborhoods. Um, some of these fitness corners have, you know, like stationary bikes, you know, you have the cross trainer, you know, for the elderly. And then they, they also have um, like pull-up bars, you know, places for you to, to train strength. So I would say it's quite conducive already, you know. So, yeah. Mm. So I think that, that really helps, you know, the, the built environment definitely helps. Yeah. Mm. You know, you're also a health coach, as I mentioned earlier, in addition to being a physiotherapist. Now, that's something that um, I'm unfortunately not that familiar with. Could you elaborate a bit more about what is health coaching and, and how does it link to what you do as a physiotherapist as well? Yeah, so so health coaching looks at the individual from a, a bigger, broader perspective. Mm-hmm. We we just don't look at, you know, because physios, we, we treat pain, we treat, you know, the the contributing factors that affect pain, you know, but it's, it's largely that. Um, as a health coach, we look at, at bigger, broader things. You know, we look at, you know, the, the food you eat, you know, um, the sleep, you know, the, the emotional aspect, the mental aspect, the stress management, you know. So, so health coaching deals with that big, broader um, issues of, 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 of health, you know, rather than just you know, dealing with that, that pain aspect. Maybe you could help to paint me a picture, right? If someone comes mm-hmm. to you seeking out health coaching, say, um, for, say for example, I come to you seeking health coaching, I lead a mm-hmm. fairly sedentary lifestyle, I spend eight hours a day um, sitting at work. How would you start someone on that journey then? Mm, so, so usually we will start with um, what they want to change, right? We want to find out what, what they want to change. And the next thing that, you know, we, we do is to find out why you want to change because the why is going to be very important. You know, the why could be that big motivator. Mm. And if that why is not, a, if the reason for change is not strong, that's, that's why some people, you know, they just, they just stop changing. You know, they stop, they stop doing a, a, a healthy habit after a while. You know, once we have assessed that, once, once you have, you've understood that, then you want to understand you know, the lifestyle of, of the individual, right? You say you work eight hours, you know, sedentary lifestyle, you know, then we want to see um, what can we, you know, embed in your life, mm-hmm. you know, or, or what, what changes is um, achievable for you because any goal, any change has to be achievable for you to work, right? And if, if some people fail, um, you know, because the goal that they set is too unattainable you know mm. they, they set such a high target so they may they may see that oh um, i have to walk ten thousand steps a day mm. you know and they start and they start from day one trying to hit ten thousand steps you know even they, they don't even hit two thousand in a day mm. you know so that 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 would be an unachievable goal um so so we look at the goal we we, we do goal setting to make sure that you know the goal is is achievable. We look at the barriers or the obstacles that can stand in the way um, of of such of the goals, and from there, then we will see, um, you know, what we can do to to solve those barriers. You know, so for example, oh, maybe you want to walk 
um, 10,000 steps, mm. you know, that's the ultimate goal, right? But so maybe it's too much. We say, okay, maybe start with, you know, trying to hit 5,000, right? And then one of the barriers could be safety, right? So the safety aspect, walking at night, you know? So if night, if walking at night would be dangerous, then maybe, you know, I would suggest, ah, maybe you walk, walk in the day or maybe you walk during lunchtime, you know, go for a half an hour, half an hour walk, you know, before, before you have your lunch or, or walk to a lunch place, you know, that, that could be an, an, another thing. Mm. Um, and then we also want to look at the other factors, you know, and, and what that individual is, is inclined to, because every one of us are different and every one of us are unique. You know, we will probably have different motivators and different demotivators as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so something that works for, for one person, for example, um, uh, some people like to be, keep track of everything and they get motivated looking at numbers, looking at stats, mm -hmm. you know. So in those cases, keeping track would be a very good strategy to keep yourself motivated. For someone else, it may be a demotiv demotivating factor, you know. The more you keep track, the more they feel like, oh, I don't want to do it, you know. Or if mm. you, if you try to weigh yourself every single day, you know, it becomes very demotivating, you know. So, so in those cases, we want to see what's motivating, what's what's demotivating, you know, and then come up with strategies that can optimize um, the success rates, you know, for for some of these goals. And then subsequent sessions, it's about you know. Um, aligning, aligning everything, and it's for accountability to see if you have reached the target, you know, with the ultimate goal of self-management, you mm. know. So, like as self-coaches, we want, we want our services to be redundant after a while. <laughs> so, if if you have already achieved, you know, a healthy, you know, you 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 already have, you know how to form healthy habits, you know, and you know how to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. Then I'll say yes, very good. You know, our, our job is done. Yeah, but. Our role here is to help people, you know, to 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 start that process if they if they have problems doing it. Mm. It's it's yeah. really it's a, so it's a very personalized approach, isn't it? There's no one size fits all. If this works for you, it will work for someone else. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um. So then, do you give specific timelines to your patients then? Because you know, I, I'm because like what you say, right? Everyone, everyone's body, everyone's um, motivations are different. Do, are there general timelines or is it very, again, very individualized? It, it can be individualized, you know, but um, usually the first couple of sessions can be a little bit closer so that, you, you know, we, we handhold a little bit more, mm. there's a little bit closer monitoring. Yeah, but um, the moment you feel that they don't need it, that's when we can scale it down. And that's mm. where they, you, you train them to be uh, more in control of the, the, the situation. Yeah, so it also depends on how much hand-holding you need. You know, some people would require um, more closer monitoring, more sessions, more motivating, you know, uh, sessions throughout, you know, so, so it can vary largely. Mm, all right. Um, how is your role different from that of a personal trainer, for example? So a personal trainer mainly works on that physical aspect, mm. right? Um, they, may, they may, some of them may help in in terms of nutrition you know but a, a health coach because it's more general we look at the whole person as from a broader perspective so we look at sleep we look at recovery we look at relationships you know um, because there are many many aspects of health and different people would have different priorities mm -hmm. right so 
so that's where I think I think the difference comes in. You know, like a personal trainer, um, I think I don't think a personal trainer's job or his his measure of success would be, you know, of course that physical aspect, mm-hmm. right? So you may look very, you know, aesthetically pleasing, or, or or you may look fit, right? But then, you know, an, an individual may be okay to to get that body. You may be working too hard you know for recovery mm-hmm. your sleep might be affected you know you don't have time to socialize because you're spending all your hours in the gym you know so so the goals may be slightly different because we look at health from a longer term perspective right so ultimately we want you to be healthier longer to have that that bigger quality of life rather than a short term um a short term goal you know of just achieving a body weight or a, a certain look Mm. Um, is there anything that you can't do as a as a health coach? Yeah, so like because we're health coaches, we we can't you know we can't diagnose medical conditions. We can't mm-hmm. prescribe medication or give advice on on medication. Uh, we can't offer medical leave, you know. But we we can give non pharmacological advice. We can refer to medical professionals because we work closely with them. And mm. for me as a physio, I I know you know the doctors and I know who who I can refer to. So that's the the benefit of of being a physio as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very sort of interdisciplinary um um role, isn't it? And you, it's not. And, and I guess that also again highlights the need to not work in silos. I mean, just because you see a health coach doesn't mean that you can forego all your other um, um, medical needs as well. Yes, yes, most definitely. And because health coaches, you know, there are things that is beyond our scope. So if anybody needs, you know, more serious, um, you know, help, you know, then of course, maybe, you know, we have to refer to the, the right uh, profession, you know, if, if not, then we're not giving the, the help that they require. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if there's anything that, you know, picks up and we know that ah, it's, it's not just health and wellness related, it is an actual medical condition, or if, you know, the behavioral change is, you have some past traumas that you, you need a, you know, a more professional person than, you know, maybe a psychologist or a psychiatrist might be more uh, suitable. So, and then that's the time that we we have to refer out. Mm, all right. Um, yeah. to round up our discussion today, Justin, you know, would you have a takeaway message for our listeners? You know, people who want to sort of kickstart this journey of active aging, of of incorporating more physical activity and exercise, but don't know how or where to start, or maybe think it's a bit too late. Um, what would your message be? I would say it's it's never too late. You know, every step counts. You just need to take the next step. Yeah, those, those would be my, my my last words, I would say. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Justin. I've been speaking to health coach as well as sports and musculoskeletal physiotherapist, Justin Wee, for this month's episode of Healthy Aging, where we've been talking about the importance of physical activity as part of active aging. I'm Lim Suen, and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.